How dare indeed that you not get notifications. That's why you're in the dice jail. Oh. So, hello everyone, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, the Fools and Flagons show where we review and discuss various topics regarding D&D as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. Tonight, uh, we've actually got a fair few people here tonight. Uh, I am the DM, a.k.a. Ian. They will be calling me that quite often. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? No. All right. I well, am me. Well, the squid is metal. The one in dice jail is Nim. Uh, Zach is the bunny. We've got Issa, the pop cat. Briggs, well. the toaster. And Kirsten is a cute little fox. Does that say I smell burnt toast? Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and I hate your steak. brain. <laughs> it seemed pretty appropriate at the time when I was making it. So, uh, Brick has this little sticker of himself. Yeah. So, um, Whiskey Wednesdays will be available the Wednesday after the live stream on our YouTube channel in VOD form and in podcast form on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Samsung Podcasts, and most other mainstream podcast services. Donations are never required, but always appreciated. If you do enjoy what we do, please check out our coffee page. That's uh, ko-fi.com forward slash fools and flagons. Uh, all proceeds from donations and memberships go straight back into making Fools and Flagons an even better experience, and it helps keep the podcast alive and well. So, so. that being said, I'm going to take my first sip of whiskey as the night progresses. Which one are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, since you guys are so helpful in getting me to decide, I picked Teelings. Nice. That's still a good choice, though. You're welcome, by the way. I don't know alcohol. You know, you don't Listen, like coconut. I suggested moonshine. I don't have I'm, you moonshine, know, Kirsten. Well, that's too bad. I'm on the complete <laughs> other side of the state from the mountains where it's made. Yeah, just go into the hills, follow the sound of explosions. I'm so far away from the hills, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe well, I'm the only one that's gone. drinking, so fun stuff there. I'm change. drinking water. That's not the same. Also, hello, Becca. I'm staying hydrated. So, tonight we will be talking, uh, going once more into the Delver's Guide to Beast World by Heartleaf Games. We're going to be talking about the magic items, spells, and the dragon spells that are in the module. There's quite a few fun ones in here. And again, kind of, uh, you're going to send me Disney moonshine? I don't really know. Is it like gasoline? Like, what is it? Mm. Super sweet. How sweet, super sweet. <laughs> as sweet as me. Which means it's probably really sour. You know, speaking of the Heartleaf Games guys, I'm assuming we did pretty good on our uh, last stream covering their content because they didn't really reply back with any criticisms or uh, making fun of the fact that I didn't read the rest of their book yet. So uh, <laughs> I, I think we did all right the last go around. I don't know. Hey. <clears throat> Uh, anybody got anything that they want to talk about before we get the ball rolling? Mm, I'm about the Mets. Anyway, moving no on sports. from sports ball. <laughs> uh, if you are interested in joining in on the conversation, please consider joining the Discord. We're all normally nice to each other. We have a no, weird sense really of showing. Okay, well, <laughs> we have a weird way of showing our affection, but we're we're always willing to uh, chat with people and play games and stuff. And if you want to be part of these conversations as we talk about D and D, you're more than welcome. There are plenty of stools here to cop a squat at. 
So, without further ado, shall we get started? No. That's you. Okay, well, yeah. you let me know when you're ready, Brick. I'm going to go ahead and drink <laughs> some more whiskey. Okay. And now I'm ready. Okay, let's go. Wait. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Okay. Wait, I'm not ready again. You, I'm going to throw you out the fucking window. <laughs> I will drop you in a bathtub. <laughs> Yay, bath bombs. So, uh, going to start with magic items. Uh, some of these have uh, doodles that are really fucking cute. Some of them don't have any drawings, but they're still kind of interesting regardless. Uh, and there's actually one in here I'm really excited to, to read aloud because I fucked it up for so long until I got to the end. I was like, that's not what I read. I need to go back and look at it. And I'm curious to see if you guys are going to run into the same issue. But the uh, the first item is called Bellarmir, the Beautiful Armor of Alamance. Also, Becca said, shut up, Zeke. Yeah, no. So, um, <laughs> it is a legendary uh, breastplate, requires attunement. This suit of breastplate is said to contain the love of the Alamanian people, rubbed with magic seed oil every day for 10 years. While wearing this armor, you gain a plus three bonus to AC. You are considered proficient with this armor, even if you lack proficiency with medium armor. The armor sheds dirt and debris, and as an action, you can sweep its cape to make the armor take the appearance of any outfit you wish. Additionally, as a reaction to being targeted by an attack or harmful effect, you can speak the armor's command word to cloak yourself in its true majesty for 10 minutes or until you are no longer wearing the armor. Any creature that targets you with an attack or harmful effect, including the triggering creature, must make a DC-19 wisdom saving throw. Creatures immune to being charmed automatically pass the save. On a failed save, the creature is charmed by you for the effect's duration. On a successful save, the target is unaffected and immune to its effects for the next 24 hours. Once a special action is used, you cannot use it again until the next dawn. Very nice. That's a lot for one piece of gear. And it's only medium. <clears throat> it is legendary. It is legendary. Um, this one I see being really fucking hilarious. It's called the Blanket of Safekeeping. It's a wondrous item, very rare, and requires attunement. When you spend eight hours on a bed, this blanket, this blanket, oh, there's a bit of a typo. Hold on, sorry. When you spend eight hours on this bed, this blanket is spread across. It protects you from danger for as long as the blanket remains on it. When an effect would deal damage to you, you were instantly teleported into the bed the blanket was spread across. Once transported this way, the creature can't be transported again until the following dawn. So basically, you guys get to, like, right into the dungeon. You're trying to, you know, check for something. You roll in that one with your lockpicking tools, and you stab your thumb. Ow! And you're just gone. Back to your bed. Well, so to be fair, only one person's going to be. So, like, the whole group's going to find something, then, you know, get up shit creek without a paddle. And then one guy's like, peace out! And everybody else dies while he lives. Or you just make the loot goblin sleep in that bed, and when they start trying to take stuff, you just whap them on the back of the head and back That's to the carriage point. you go. It, it seems it's an interesting item, but the, the wording there saying that when an effect would deal damage to you, meaning you don't get a choice. Like, you can't say, okay, this damage, I want to go, I want it to bamp me back. It's just 
whatever's the first amount of damage that you take, essentially. All right, you guys are just chatterboxes tonight. I mean, like, to be fair... Like, <laughs> I don't got much to say about that item. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you. that's pretty straightforward, but if you really think about it, too, with everything being in carts, the bed can be in the cart, like, right outside of where you are. Yeah, but it's just... It's, like, it could be incredibly frustrating to get out, get to the dungeon, and then get out and get back to the dungeon. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was thinking. It could be com incredibly inconvenient where you just... Say you do it at, like, I don't know, like a non-moving base and you're just like da, 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 da. It's, it's been like a full day's travel like whack on the head and you're just right back where you started that's well ooh. in all fairness the entire point of this campaign module is to be in a wagon moving that's from true. point to point so generally speaking that wouldn't happen but i still just see like you get out you get with your buddies you get to the entrance and you get attacked by like a squirrel and it's just bam, and you're right back. It's like, oh, motherfucker, it's been like 10 minutes. All right, I'll be back. And you step on a nail. <laughs> yeah. Like the first ah, trap. My foot. No. Or, or worse, you don't take damage until like the end of the fucking dungeon after you got through some really hard shit. Like, you know, all of you were jumping across the lava, and you're like, guys, this is fucking easy. And then your second trip through, it's just like death because no one's there to help you. Yeah. Anyway. Or like you get into a friendly fight like uh like Brickens on and you actually accidentally deal damage, you're like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. You're just having an arm wrestling match downstairs, just <laughs> <laughs> uh so the next one, Bullseye Star. It's a morning star, very rare, requires attunement. You gain a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. When you reduce a hostile creature to zero hit points with this weapon, your body blazes with sunblood for one minute. You add double your strength modifier to damage rolls with this weapon, and attacks made with this weapon score critical hits on a roll of 19 or 20. Very good. <clears throat> For a rare weapon, that's really good. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. The key point there being that when you reduce a creature to zero hit points. Yeah, you have to be the wait, one to kill it. Wait, go back up real quick. I have a question. <laughs> Um, hold on. When you reduce a hostile creature to zero hit points, your blood blazes with sun blood for one minute. Oh, okay. That's not a, that, it explains what it does then. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. All right. Never mind. That was yeah. my question. That's, that's strong. Strong. <clears throat> All right. Uh, carrying staff is the next one. It is a legendary stat that requires attunement by a bard, cleric, druid, sorcerer, warlock, or wizard. The worshippers of Veronet covered this revolting scepter in black corpse leather and topped it with an Angus bovine skull. The staff can be wielded as a magic quarterstaff that grants a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. While you hold it, you gain a plus two bonus to spell attack rolls. Oh, wow. While wielding it, you can use an action to expend one of its three charges to cast Create Undead as a ninth level spell using your spell save DC and spellcasting ability and ignoring its material components. You can reassert control over up to three undead creatures created this way with the same casting of the spell used to create new ones. When you expend the last charge, the staff disappears and you immediately lose control over all undead created with it. Oh, I love this song, sorry. The staff regains one D3 minus one charges daily at dusk, rolled in secret by the GM. If the staff regains fewer than two charges, there is a 50% chance that it attempts to deceive its wielder by falsely showing to have regained an additional charge. 
This deception can only be uncovered by its wielder succeeding on a DC-21 insight check. Mm. So basically, it's just a really vindictive staff. It's like, I mean, <laughs> it's a staff that gives you plus two to spell. It does. Like, damage as well. Like, that's really That's big. Good. That's how I feel I... that all staff should be, personally, but... I don't... Just in case you you missed this bit, uh, when you expend the last charge, the staff will disappear, and you lose control over everything that you just fucking summoned with said charge. Good luck. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, there's nothing saying that you have to use that feature of the staff, though, which is kind of nice, I guess. Anyway. Honestly, um, it would be a stat stick to me. Yeah. Uh, we've got Cloak of the Happy Cat up next. It is a wondrous item, uncommon. Water and liquids roll off this smooth hooded cloak. Additionally, it traps a bubble of air inside itself that allows you to breathe underwater up to 10 minutes. Once used, you cannot benefit from the air bubble again until the cloak has been completely removed from the water. And it's, it's mm. this one down here. It's, it's, it's pretty improbable. I find that very funny since cats hate water. <clears throat> They get a they get a cloak that deals with being in water. <laughs> well, that's why it's a happy cat because he's not wet. Yeah, and on top of that, a lot of the cat species actually come from the islands around the ocean. So, yeah, don't don't bring your logic into this. It's not allowed. <laughs> As I said at the beginning, they're very mean to me. <laughs> don't make me put you in he dice jail. Most times. Actually, do you guys yeah. think Nim has been behaving enough? Can he come out of dice jail? Nim is yeah, always missing. He's been quiet, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll take him out of dice jail for now. <laughs> I was honestly half expecting him to come back and just be like, fuck! It's like, alright, back in you go. I am free to lick everyone's toes. Okay, here, hold on. Check along! <laughs> alright, uh, so this one actually made me giggle for about, like, five minutes. Deck of the Cheated. It is an uncommon, wondrous item. While all of its cards are within 30 feet of each other, this deck of playing cards has a normal vision out to 60 feet. It can roll perception and insight checks with a plus 5 modifier. If the deck spots someone cheating during a game, the face cards emit an ear-piercing shriek for one minute. So you're just <laughs> playing cards and just... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone tosses down the card. I didn't do it! I didn't do it! I didn't do it! <laughs> <laughs> oh my antivirus free trial has expired go away go away <laughs> okay eyes of the ineffable archivist it is a very rare wondrous item that requires attunement while you wear these spectacles you can use a bonus action to push them up the bridge of your nose with your middle finger I love that detail Regardless of distance, you can read any writing you can see as if you were standing five feet from it. Additionally, as an action, you can read and cast any spell scroll you can see, even if you can't see the script. You ignore all class, race, and level requirements on such a use of a scroll. If you pull the frames down your nose again, you end the effect. When the spectacle's property has been used for a total, a total of one minute, the magic ceases to function until you finish a long rest. <clears throat> pretty awesome so think about that you're in the middle of a battle and you see a dude with a scroll on his hip you push the glasses up with your middle finger and you go 
I cast Fireball at his feet. <laughs> <laughs> that man has Fireball. <laughs> I might use it. Yeah. That's just... That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> Even better, like, you, you push the glass up, the scroll says Banishment, and you're like, e. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> just no. <laughs> Okay. This next one is actually really fucking cool. <clears throat> it's called Jadu, the Boarding Cord of Alar. It is a legendary wondrous item, requires attunement. This magically elastic animated silk cord is dyed red with rutki flowers that grow around the rim of Alari volcanoes. The cord has an AC of 23, 100 hit points, and a flying speed of 10 feet. If the cord drops to zero hit points, it is destroyed. It, regain, it regains 10 hit points at the start of each round, but if the cord takes fire damage, it doesn't regain hit points that round. It can hold up to 5,000 pounds, and it can stretch or contract between 10 and 100 feet long. While climbing or walking on the cord, it bends and coils to aid balance and movement. While climbing or walking on it, you and creatures friendly to you can move up to your speed without an ability check. You can also wield the cord as a whip, you gain a plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it and are treated as proficient even if you aren't proficient with the whip. Your reach is 30 feet while wielding this weapon. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's just a really cool item. It's pretty fucking cool. Oh, Zach's down in the kitchen. I heard a thump. Oh, Lots of very good in-game magic items so far. Yeah. I think it gets better. Um... Uh, Jurista, I actually don't remember. How do you pronounce the A with the umlaut over top of it? Doesn't that just make it a long A? So like Jurista. Uh. Oh, okay, Jurista. The Lightning Blade of Oria. <laughs> it is a legendary longsword. Requires attunement, of course. The copper core of this green glass longsword was the first object created in a Covenant Forge. You gain a plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon, and it deals an extra 1d10 lightning damage to any target it hits. Additionally, when you take lightning damage, you can use your reaction to prevent the damage and channel it into the blade. Until the end of your next turn, your first hit with an attack made with this weapon deals an extra 5d10 damage instead of the normal 1d10 damage. The blade also emits a constant lightning aura while drawn. At the end of each of your turns, the blade deals one lightning damage to creatures within 120 feet, touching a metal object or body of liquid it also touches. Spoon's <clears throat> object. Spoon is an object. It is a metal object. That's pretty much any melee weapon, more or less. Oh. Or, you know, if, it's, if it's raining, okay. you can just go... <laughs> so that does depend, because a lot of swords will either have wooden pommels or, like... A cloth pommel, so, like, does it count if there's, like, metal underneath it, or is, like, not really that kind of a specific thing? Um, I would say that's kind of up to the DM, because, I mean, a metal object can be your armor, a spoon, a sword, fillings, a coin, a coin, a brick, a brick, e. Fucking take me, your best. Uh, Lantern of Unnature's Unveiling. 
It is a rare, wondrous item, and it requires attunement by a paladin. Dramphinian paladins have used these lamps for centuries to seek out demons that slither in shadows. The lantern casts bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light for an additional 30. Undead, fiends, and creatures under the effects of their abilities are outlined with a black halo when illuminated by the lantern's light. They can't benefit from being invisible, and perception checks made against them have advantage. So basically, if they have a glamour over them to make them not look undead, fiendish, or whatever, then they're basically just got a little on the outside of them. Sutrioth is just foaming at the mouth. (laughs) Metal, you'll like this one. Uh Uh-huh. Mabikubo, the counterweight of the causeway. I like it. It is a... It is a legendary wondrous item requiring attunement. This stone cube is engraved with the names of the causeway's chief builders. It was once used to haul enormous stones at the site of its construction. You can use a bonus action to speak its command word to cause a stone to magically shrink to two inches on a side and five pounds. Speaking it again causes it to grow to two feet on a side and 1,000 pounds. Additionally, (laughs) while the cube is miniature, you can speak the command word word while using it as ammunition for a sling. The cube retains its speed in flight after growing. On a hit, the 1,000 pound cube deals an extra 6d10 bludgeoning damage. It lands, it lands unharmed after use. Leaving the cube on a prone creature while it is 1,000 pounds restrains them with an escape DC of 18. <laughs> it, like. It's like that cannonball anti-magic thing that's been circulating the internet for a while now. The ring of anti-magic. Just yeah. fucking fire fucking sh- sick. shoot cannonballs from a pistol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you... Could you also use that with the catapult spell? Well... Probably. Now, it does specifically say while using it as ammunition for a sling. However, if I were to make that judgment, yes, absolutely, I would let you use it with well, the catapult. I mean, you, it does say that you can use the word anytime. You can use the bonus action to speak this command word to cause it to magically shrink and or grow. Right, but when I mean, it like, specifically saying... says, additionally, while the cube is miniature, you can speak the command word while using it as ammunition for the sling. Okay. I, it's just, it's a very specific set of words there. So if you if you had people that wanted to be like super anal rules lawyery, I could see them saying, no, it has to be in a sling. Me, myself, I'd say you can just chuck it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, that would be, I don't know, like, being way too restrictive would just seems like takes the fun out of the item, because that is a very fun item. Yeah, but again, well, there are... We're already a technical. Um, it does say it has to be miniature when in a sling. So a big one... Well, right, but the the point is, is for it to be small so that you can act because you can't throw a thousand pounds. But if it's small and only five pounds, you can chuck the shit out of that. No, but I mean, it looks like a can, like a catapult. It it has to just be miniature for a sling. That's cool, but then you can use a big one for a catapult. Mm. Well, but I mean, if you're using a catapult, then you would just use a normal big ass rock, not a magical shrinking and growing rock then they may not see it coming until it gets huge i'm just gonna start yelling the fucking command word for the rock and make it go to a rave just 
fucking typhoon the shit out of it. Until you forget it's in your pocket and you just go, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> And your pants just rip off. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> just in the fucking bedroom, hands on hips, just shrew on. Just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Tear away That's how D&D got Chippendales. <laughs> Next up... <laughs> We've got Potion of Appending. It is a rare potion. Drinking this viscous, honey-like potion causes you to grow extra appendages for one hour. When you drink the potion, you choose whether to grow arms or legs. You can also grow other appendages, such as an extra tail, but they don't affect your abilities. Let's be honest, we all know where that's going. Anyway, moving on. uh, If you were to grow an extra set of arms... You can hold objects and wield weapons or a shield with these arms. You can also take the use an object action as a bonus action. If you were to grow extra legs, you count as one size category larger when determining your carry capacity and the creature is able to mount you and the weight you can push, drag, or lift. Your walking speed increases by 10 feet and you have advantage on saving throws against being knocked prone. You become a centaur for the most part. Do you really say mount you? Yes, there is. It's. I think it's the mouse race has a special feature where they can ride creatures bigger than them, as if they were horses, and they use a lance, and they're super pro- proficient with it. Mm-hmm. I'm missing my point, Ian, but I appreciate you for trying to stay on task. I fully heard your point, and I was expertly avoiding it. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Drink there. Anyway. Love you anyway. Yep, you horny bastard. I'm going to put you in the dice jail. Hold up. I mean, shit, I wouldn't use arms or legs. That gives one person the night of their life. Dice jail. Aw, sad. And I rushed home to be here. (laughs) Uh, Also, I meant to type this into the thing, but the light turned green. Um, I just realized I'm still giving you money on Patreon and not copy. So, sorry. That's fine. Uh, so we've got the ring of energy conversion. It is an uncommon ring requires attunement as a reaction to taking damage. You can change all of the damage to any other damage type. Once you use this ability, you cannot use it again until the following dawn. I want that ring. That's massive. Uh huh. They can make it lightning damage, which I'm resistance to. (laughs) What metal? You could just negate it. Just depending on your resistances, just fucking, yeah, I'm immune to that, so I'm just gonna make it. Bad. Well, if you're like a barbarian who's raging, you get hit with fireball, you can just say, nah, it's all bludgeoning damage now and half it, even if you fail your save. Yeah, you essentially yeah. turn a big ball of flaming gas into big orange rocks that just sort of like, just <laughs> all over you, and then it just like crumbles to the ground. You're like, haha, fuck you! And you, I'm flipping you up, and I'm imagining the ring is on the middle finger, because where else are you gonna put it for a, a ring like this, you know? That is a bit of a middle finger ring, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Now, this one is super fucking cool. It's called the Scroll of Self-Teaching. The rarity varies, but it is a wondrous item. This scroll has a diagram of all the base components used to copy a spell written onto it and can quickly capture the thesis for a spell cast on its owner. As a reaction to being targeted by a spell while this scroll is on your person, you can speak its command word. When you do, 
the scroll of self-teaching permanently transforms into a scroll of that spell. The maximum level spell the scroll can capture is based on its rarity, as shown in the self in the scroll of self-teaching rarity table below. So Nerds rejoice, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh you can get with a common rarity, you can get a first level spell. Uncommon, you can get up to third level. For a rare scroll, you can get up to 5th level, and as very rare, you can get up to 8th level. So no copying ninth level spells, but it's still kind of dope to be able to just be like, oh, you hit me with a level 6 fireball? Right back at you, fucker. Which brings us to this episode's sponsor, Spellshare. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, metal boo. That was a fucking great segue, was, and you know it. It, Shut was, it was pretty good. Uh, I'm just mad. <laughs> It's like how there's like Eric Cartman being like, boo, Winnie Tessaburger, boo. Boo, Winnie Tessaburger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, on this next one, uh, this one's a little interesting to me because it seems very um, non mobile, which for this module seems to be not so much the norm. It's called Soil of Fecundity. I'm probably butchering that. It's an uncommon, wondrous item. Specks of emerald dust glitter within this 10-pound bag of soil, which ensures outstanding crop yield when mixed into a field up to one acre. Seeds planted to grow, or sorry, seeds planted grow at triple their normal speed and produce quadruple harvest. Roots grow four times bigger, and herbs grow four times as many leaves. This acre of farmland can feed up to 12 humanoids per year. Once applied, the soil's effects last five years. I'm surprised what? that this is so much like a, a massive like one acre space when you consider that a lot of the caravans will have people that want to grow stuff in the caravans. And again... But it's up to one acre. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be done on one acre like... Again, At, like that same time, does it? If we are going by the exact wording, it has to be in a field. Again, me myself, I would say fucking use this in your cart. I don't give a shit. That's amazing. Like you, you grow a carrot, and just boom, you got a fucking great sword of a carrot. Let's go. Sorry, do you want to know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of that guy who brought Texas soil to um. Europe when he was in the military so his kid could be born over Texas soil and just imagine like this guy walking around with the pot of soil and being like what is that from he's like don't ask questions it's for later I've like, got a job of debt I've got a job pretty of much debt exactly. guess what's inside it <laughs> eat sure. shit if you don't want it give it back no 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 <laughs> and it helps <laughs> The Teapot of Rooted Memory. It is a rare, wondrous item. When this teapot is used to brew the roots or leaves of a plant harvested in the last 24 hours, up to six creatures can drink the tea to enter a meditative trance for 10 minutes. During the trance, the creatures mentally receive visual information from a moment in time they choose, as far back as when the plant first sprouted. They see as if the plant had normal vision out to 30 feet, and tremor sense out to 120 feet. As an action, a creature in the trance can change the observed point in time. So basically, it's talk to plants, but instead of in the last 24 hours, you can witness around the plant 
30 feet around the plant for its entire life cycle. So if you found a tree and someone was dead by it, you just snip off a couple leaves, brew the tea, and just have a weird fucking trip. I just picture you using speak it's with literally, plants first. Just like, tell me what you know. Just like, I don't know anything. I swear. Just like, snip. We'll make or you could be like Zahn. <laughs> or you could be like Zahn, who, like, Caleb was like, be nice to the plant. And he goes over and freaking plucks the damn thing after you have this emotional attachment to the plant like an asshole. Um, first off, nobody said don't, like, there was, like, this gray area where nobody told me what was going on. Well, also, brewing it into a pot wouldn't have really done anything because it was grown in the moment right then and there, so. Eh. Uh, Alright. With uh, that declaration, uh, yep. <laughs> Vine of Close Calls is a rare, wondrous item that requires attunement. Varasta protects his faithful with his most potent blessing, dumb luck. While this length of vine is tied around your arm or elsewhere on your body, you are once protected from disaster. When damage or another effect would kill you outright, a bed of ivy sprouts around your feet and the vine withers and crumbles. The effect is prevented and you can immediately use your reaction to move up to your speed without provoking opportunity attacks. So it's kind of just a, I don't want to die, mama. And then you don't. Run, first run! This next one is quite long and a little complicated. I had to read it twice because I, probably because I wasn't paying attention, but um, it is called Wild Taper, the Contract Candle of Vignot. It is a legendary wondrous items. A wild taper is used to enforce the terms of the most important contracts in the beast world. While two creatures, called the candle holders, are holding the candle over a written agreement they are named in, the candle's wick can be lit. The flame consumes the wax instantly, leaving behind a green seal at the bottom of the agreement. The terms of the agreement can contain conditions under which certain spells are automatically cast, the agreement can dictate casting each of the following spells up to once. You have imprisonment. It can target either of the candle holders with the other receiving the special component designated. There's power word kill, targeting either of the holders or both. Teleport, targeting either of the candle holders or both, or an object designated to a destination designated. Sending, cast by either of the candle holders, or both, on any creature designated. Or Gias, targeting either of the candle holders, or both, and with instructions designated. Once the candle is burned, the designated spells are cast instantly when the conditions in the agreement are met, and candle holders automatically fail any saving throws to resist them. The paper is immune to damage except by divine intervention, but it can be torn if pulled apart by both willing candle holders. This renders the agreement null and void. So basically, if you have a like a non-aggression pact and one of you breaks it, you could just have power word kill cast upon you. Hmm. Or imprisonment or teleport. I mean honestly with it could be useful with teleport if you say like whichever one of us gets this item in the dungeon first, teleport both of us the fuck out of here. So yeah, I kind of like good. that. Just like a conditional, 
you know, casting of any of these. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing it doesn't specify is, is it a one-time use? Or is it basically you just slap on another candle on top of it and you're off to the races? Um... Because well, it just says that it, it consumes the wax in instantly. So yeah. could you not just put more wax on it? Probably be a special kind of wax, but I don't see why not. Yeah. It doesn't specify, uh, so it makes me interested. I, 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 hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. That's where I'm at. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards it's consumed but at least rules as written but uh i would be definitely if i were the dm i'd definitely be willing to let my players you know renew it in some way yeah well because it says the wax is consumed it doesn't say that the especially if you consider looking at the the art i would assume the magic partly comes from the metal widget underneath it the candelabra yeah whatever it's called I agree. So. Alright. Well, with that, that brings us to the end of the magic items. Really? Oh. Oops. That's wrong. I was expecting a couple more. I'm huh? no longer in dice jail. Oh, yeah. I am free to make perverted comments once more. Back we in you go. Back. Fear my power, <laughs> bitches. Aw. It's okay. She's back in there. Sad. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I will uh, read this disclaimer just because I, I found it kind of interesting and I think they're they maybe did this just to kind of make the module a little bit more challenging um, so moving on into the spells we've got uh, a little note called spell casting changes the beast world as presented in the book is written assuming that the following rule changes are in place However, we've also done our best to make it possible to run a game without these changes. The following spells are not on any class's spell lists. They might be available as a rare single-use item. Guidance, Create or Destroy Water, Goodberry, Remove Curse, Word of Recall, Plane Shift, Teleport, and Gate. The following 5e spells are not in the Beast World. Awaken, Raise Dead, Reincarnate, Teleportation Circle, resurrection or true resurrection and so it kind of seems like they want to make it a little bit hard mode you'd still yeah. have revivify but yeah <clears throat> yeah just kind of tries to make death more permanent i guess mm -hmm. or more of a threat anyway yeah that too <clears throat> so with that being said I'm going to go right on into the spells. The first one we've got is Absent Minds Aid. It's a divination cantrip. Oh, it's thank God. Oh. It's, uh, I need an aid. <laughs> it's one action. The range is touch. It's uh, verbal, somatic, and material components. You need a piece of string. The duration is eight hours. Classes are bard, cleric, druid, sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. Mm -hmm. You pull a loop of string around your finger while touching a medium or smaller object. 
For the duration of the spell, as an action, you can remove the string to determine the location of the object if it's within 100 feet of you. Until the end of your next turn, you mentally receive an image of the location if it is familiar to you. Otherwise, you discern the, the direction to its location. The spell cannot locate an object if any thickness of lead, even a thin sheet, blocks a direct path between you and the object. The spell ends when you remove the string or if you cast it again. It's pretty simple. Kind of like locate object, but... A very, very, very dumbed-down version of it, yeah. <clears throat> this one... This one is awesome. It's called Borrow Concentration. It's a fourth-level divination spell. It uh, takes one action to cast, a range of 30 feet. It's verbal somatic, and it requires a brass wind-up key. It's a 10-minute duration, and it can only be cast by wizards. By forming a momentary telepathic connection with an ally, you pass off the mental burden of persistent magic. You target a friendly humanoid you can see within range. As part of casting this spell, you can also cast a prepared spell of third level or lower that requires concentration. The target maintains the concentration on the spell instead of you. This spell ends if you cast it again, if the target is ever more than 30 feet from you, or if the spell the target is concentrating on ends. You can cast it at higher levels. When you cast a spell using a spell slot of 5th level or higher, you can cast a prepared spell of one level lower than the slot you use for borrow concentration. So, it's <laughs> if you're using this, would you theoretically be able to have two concentration spells going if one person is doing it for you and you're yes. doing it? That's the point of the spell. Gotcha, okay. I also like how this is just the That's mental equivalent... Point. The mental equivalent of here, hold this for me. <laughs> yeah, here, hold this concentration hold for me. Hold my beer. Hold my beer and watch as I do dumb shit while you do all the smart thinky thinky stuff. It it's a really cool spell. Yeah, I mean, I will say it's pretty The other person would have to make you know concentration checks if they got hit and whatnot. But I mean, if there's two big ass creatures, you go. All right, banish that fucker. Hey, um, Dinkus, come here. You're, you're casting banishment now. Don't just think. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> the spell instantly fails if cast on a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the if the barbarian rages, yeah, it would immediately <laughs> yeah. fail. Um, this one, this one kind of confused me a little bit. Uh, it's called Charles's Chunk. It's a conjuration oh, yes. cantrip. It uh, takes one action to cast at a range of 30 feet, verbal, somatic, and you need a nugget of pewter. It lasts for one minute, and it can be cast by bards, sorcerers, and wizards. The spell creates a fist-sized chunk of hard, gray matter from the arcana in an unoccupied space that you see within range. You can use your action to reshape the chunk and move it along the ground up to 30 feet. It can take any basic shape no longer, no larger than one cubic foot, but not one that ordinarily requires a high degree of craftsmanship. It has an AC of 11, 10 hit points, and weighs 5 pounds. It cannot attack, activate magic items, or move if it's holding more than 10 pounds. The chunk lasts the duration or until you dismiss it as an action. It vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast the spell again. So it's for making a dip. Okay. 
yeah, I'm. I've been kind of struggling to see a use for this. Like, I don't know. Maybe you, you make a bucket. Ah, uh, I could see that. I mean, what? I mean, could you make a key out of it with specific impressions? No, that would require a degree of craftsmanship. I don't know. Yeah. My first thought was, oh, you can make like a spare wheel. Like, oh, no, my, my wagon's wheel broke. I, I'm, I'll make something, but it only lasts for a minute. So that idea went out the window. I mean, still, I mean huh? it's a cantrip, so I'm sure there's all kinds of, like, stupid shit you can do with it, but I'm, I'm struggling yeah. to see something that's like, oh, oh, oh. A chair with really brittle legs. I don't know. Anyway, scooching on along. We've got Cheater's Caution. It's a first level abjuration spell. Takes one action and the range is self. It is verbal and somatic and it lasts for one hour. Can be cast by sorcerers and wizards. You automatically discern if you're being watched. For the duration, you begin humming aloud in reflex if targeted by a divination spell. Additionally, you sneeze if your name is spoken aloud. If the speaker is referencing you, you cannot be surprised and you gain a plus two bonus to initiative. These guys definitely watch anime. No, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I think it's kind of a fun one to do. <laughs> oh. Watch you just have like the bard just never stop sneezing. Because all of his baby mamas are just fucking pissed and talking shit about him constantly. Well, and he's just... <laughs> the good news for the bard, he can't use this spell. It is Aww. called Cheater's Caution. <laughs> Which is actually yeah, right. really surprising that it can't be cast by the bard. That seems really important for a bard to have. Hey, hey yeah. sorcerers have charisma too and they get around, around just as much. much. Let's no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Fuck you all. <laughs> I tried. Sorcerer. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> Just Sorry. are we done making fun Absolutely of Zeke or do we want to keep going? His desk right no, now. Okay. the next spell is called Diamond Eyes. It's a sixth level transmutation. Takes one action to cast, range of thirty feet, verbal and somatic components. Lasts for one hour and can be cast by bards, sorcerers, and wizards. You target a medium or smaller object within range. It becomes unbreakable for the duration. Duration's one hour? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, I need you to get this glass phase over there. <laughs> just like, all right, fucking diamond dies. Punt! <laughs> Feel <Feeling> all good! <laughs> I mean, I was thinking more, um, you know, make a lock pick that can't break and you just literally brute force your way through it. But I, I like the vase option. <laughs> well, I mean, just like if you need to transport something fragile, like say there's like a fucking ice cube that you need to cross over a lava lake or something, just like diamond dies. <laughs> yeah. Well, it says unbreakable, not unmeltable. I'd, I'd I'd say that melting is breaking down bonds between it, so I'd consider it breaking. Personally, okay. yeah. This is the science. Is how scientific metal. do we want to be with this answer? This is a fantasy science. world of talking animals. Fuck your logic and science. Science, baby. Oh, I would be so disappointed. 
Yeah, well. All right. Uh, eavesdrop is a divination cantrip. It takes one action to use at a range of 60 feet. It is verbal and somatic, lasts for 10 minutes, and can be cast by bards and warlocks. For the duration, you can use a bonus action to focus on a single source of sound within range, tuning out all tuning out any others that are quieter than a shout. You also automatically hear both sides of any message spell cast within range. <laughs> I just love the thought of you like trying to eavesdrop <laughs> on something and then you just tune into someone's fucking mental radio. Hey, wanna fuck? <laughs> I don't think that was a tender recipient. <laughs> just splice into the cell phone waves. <laughs> yeah, like you're eavesdropping like two things at once accidentally. You're trying to eavesdrop on the guy who's having a sneezing fit, and it's just like, sneeze. I can't believe sneeze. This fucking spell sneeze. And it's just like, how annoying would that be? It'd be funny, though. Click. <laughs> he was under the spell of uh, the, the cheater's caution. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> he knows, he, he knows. knows. He knows, he knows, he knows. He knows, Okay. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. Enthrall is a ninth level enchantment spell. Takes 10 minutes to cast. Range of 10 feet is verbal and somatic. The duration is until dispelled. It can be cast by bards, oh. sorcerers, and wizards. You attempt to permanently beguile the mind of a target humanoid you can see within range. It must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you. If you were creatures that are friendly to you or fighting in it, it has advantage on the saving throw. While the target is charmed, you have a telepathic link with it as long as the two of you are on the same plane of existence. You can use this telepathic link to issue commands to the creature while you are conscious, no action required, which it does its best to obey. You can specify a simple or general course of action, such as attack that creature, run over there, or fetch that object. If the creature completes the order and doesn't receive further direction from you, it defends and preserves itself to the best of its ability. This spell can only be dispelled by means of a wish spell or divine intervention. It ends when you cast it again or dismiss it as an action. Literally making you my bitch. Yeah. Ninth level. Goddamn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got Flock of Floating Discs. It's a second level conjuration ritual spell. Takes uh, one action to cast if you're not doing it ritually. Range of 30 feet, verbal, somatic, and requires a vial of mercury. It lasts for one hour and can only be cast by wizards. This spell functions like floating disc, except it creates three discs. And it can be cast at higher levels. When you cast a spell using a spell slot of third level or higher, you create an additional disc for each slot level above second. That's very useful. Very. Because I believe the floating discs can carry, like, what, five, six hundred pounds? A thousand pounds, oh, wow. something like that? Yep. I didn't even know that. Uh, Forecast Harvest is a first level divination spell, also a ritual. The casting time is 10 minutes with a range of one mile. It is, well, interesting. It says verbal, somatic, and material, but it isn't. Hold on. Maybe it says it with in the, the description. 
Uh, the duration is instantaneous, and it can only be cast by druids and rangers. Nature speaks to you about its general health and the local goings-on. You discern the quality of the coming harvest. The GM tells you whether the soil within range will yield more than average, less than average, or about average. This effect discerns nothing in winter or where crops cannot naturally grow. Additionally, you sense the type and direction of any herds moving within range. You also discern if they are moving because of the influence of a force from outside the range of the spell. So I'm assuming the material component is, you know, touching grass. <laughs> I said what I said. Very, uh, very roleplay heavy, but could potentially prove useful depending on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> now, this one, I think Metal will like quite a bit. Forget I said that. All right. <laughs> it's a third level enchantment takes one action to cast at a range of 60 feet verbal components uh the duration is one round bards sorcerers warlocks and wizards can cast this spell when things go very wrong in an encounter with someone you can ask the arcana for a do-over a target creature you can see within range must make a wisdom saving throw a target automatically on this save oh okay another little typo I'm assuming it's supposed to say a target automatically succeeds on this saving throw if it can't be charmed. If the target is hostile towards you, they have advantage on the save. On a failed save, the target is stunned until the end of your next turn, as they forget the events of the last minute. The target yeah. assumes they were daydreaming or lost in thought during the period of the erased memory. Basically, you just fucking spend a spell slot for advantage. <laughs> More or less. Like, I want to try that again. Yeah, well, I didn't I like mean, the way that I said that to you. Let's start over. <laughs> so about giving me that ship for free. <laughs> Good uh, thing it's a DC 25 check. <laughs> do it over. <laughs> Redo! How many third level spells do you have? Redo! <laughs> <laughs> Upcast. Redo! <laughs> Redo! Hold on, I need a couple more spell slots. Let me just shuffle mine around here using the sorcery points shuffling thing. And fuck it. <laughs> Next up, we've got Garble. It's a first level illusion spell. Takes one action to cast the range of self with verbal and semantic components. It lasts for one minute and can be cast by bards, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. Words spoken by creatures in a 20 foot radius around you sound like gibberish outside that radius. A creature can read a speaker's lips with a DC 15 perception check. So basically you can have a huddle and literally only be heard in the huddle. Oh. Pretty awesome. This other one's pretty interesting. Uh, it's called Grim Vitality, second level necromancy. It's one bonus action to cast at a range of 30 feet. Verbal and somatic components. It is instantaneous can be cast by sorcerers, clerics, warlocks, and wizards. You rest a mockery of radiance and life-giving energy from the Arcana. A target undead creature you can see within range takes 2d6 radiant damage, and another creature within range regains hit points equal to the radiant damage dealt. But it can only be used against undead creatures, so... Yeah. You know, 
Well, on the bright side, if you use that staff earlier that someone stuff that's no longer your dudes, you know, you can heal them. Yeah. True, very true. Hadn't thought of that. Uh, this next one's a bit long. Um, it's interesting. It's called Heart's Home, and it's a ninth level abjuration spell. It uh, takes 10 minutes to cast with a range of touch, uh, 2,500 square feet. The components are verbal, somatic, and require burning incense, a small measure of brimstone and oil, a knotted string, a small amount of umber hulk blood, and a platinum cylinder worth at least 1,000 gold pieces. It lasts for 24 hours and can be cast by bards and wizards. Alright. Buckle up. Here we go. <clears throat> you cast a powerful ward that protects up to 40,000 square feet of floor space. An area of uh, 200 feet square, or 1,600 5-foot squares, or 410 foot squares. The warded area okay. can be up to 30 feet tall and shaped as you desire. You can ward several stories of a stronghold by dividing the area among them, as long as you can walk into each contiguous area while you are casting the spell. So you, you can't have, like, this spot and this spot. They have to be touching. Okay. When you cast this spell, you can specify individuals that are unaffected by any or all of the effects that you choose. You can also specify a password that, when spoken aloud, makes the speaker immune to these effects. The ward creates all of the effects of the guards and wards spell, up to two of the guards and wards other spell of uh, other spell effects, and up to two additional spell effects from the following choices. The choices are: up to nine friendly creatures you choose can teleport sixty feet to a location they can see as an action while within the warded area. You can place alarm in two locations. You can place two portals connected to one another. You can place two instances of the Glyph of Warding spell with explosive runes. The glyphs disappear when the heart's home ends. The warded area gains the effect of the Forbidden spell. Friendly creatures can still use teleport into the area and use portals. With that, the whole warded area radiates magic. A dispel magic cast on a specific effect, if successful, removes only that effect. You can create a permanently guarded and warded structure by casting the spell there every day for one year. If you create a permanent forbiddance effect as part of this structure, the material components are consumed on the last casting. So, damn. Yeah. That's basically... You make yourself a home at level 20 and you protect the piss out of it. <laughs> yeah. But you have to do it for a year. Yeah. That's that's a lot of in-game time. Every single day for a year. <laughs> yeah. Now granted it only takes that's 10 a, minutes to cast, but that's a spell that you teach to the NPC to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you your it. little warlock servant <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Good god. Oh, actually, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I just It makes me think, yeah, that's pretty strong with that interaction between the um, well, it can becoming only be, a patron. It can only be bards and wizards. True. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Good thought. Oh. 
Oh, we'll tell you what. I have a multi-class. There you go. Woo! Actually, if you multi-class, <laughs> I don't think you could actually get to level 20. So, oh well. Ah! Yeah. Unless you have an ability to go over level 20 in your campaign. But yeah. I don't think there is. DM's Not that I've rules. seen. DM's rules. No. Anyway. Um... This next one, uh, Inflict Empathy, is a third-level enchantment. Casts, uh, it's uh, one action to cast, range of 30 feet, verbal and somatic, with a uh, material component of a lily petal. It lasts for 24 hours and can only be cast by paladins. You proclaim a divine indictment of a humanoid you can see within range. The target must make a charisma saving throw. If the target is immune to being charmed, they automatically pass the save. On a failed save, the target is racked with visions of those they have wronged and forced to remember events from the perspective of those they harmed. They are charmed for the duration and cannot be hostile towards other creatures. If you or any of your companions deal damage to the target, the spell ends. You literally just PTSD the fuck out of this person. As one does. As one does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kirsten, you might like this one. It's called Kira's Quick Doth. It's an ab abjuration cantrip. It's a, sorry, abjuration cantrip. It uh, takes one action to cast at a range with a range of touch. It's a only has verbal components. The duration is instantaneous, and it can be cast by bards and sorcerers. So maybe not you know your little kitsune thing, but still. For just a moment, buttons loosen and buckles slacken. When you cast the spell, make a melee spell attack against a target creature. On a hit, you choose a piece of clothing or equipment the target is wearing. It has a doffing time of one action until the end of your next turn. Doffing meaning unequipping, taking off. Additionally... Oh, I, I thought you said dolphin, and I was very confused. Doffing. D-O-F-F-I-N-G. Normally when you're taking stuff off, like armor and whatnot, it takes you like an hour to do. So having it be one action is just fucking... Anyway, so additionally, until the end of your next turn, a creature with a free hand can try to strip the target. The creature can make a steel check instead of an attack roll. The attacker makes an athletics or sleight of hand check contested by the target's athletics or acrobatics check. Uh, Ian, you're stream closed. Oh. How fucking dare. Yeah, I think Discord took a shit for a second there. Um, so, if the, ta if the attacker is successful, they steal the clothing or equipment from the target. So, basically, the bard or sorcerer comes up, gives a little pap-pap, and then, you know, Kasumi comes sprinting by and just like, Yoink! Got your pants! <laughs> I like that level of chaos. Chaos! <laughs> <laughs> only there were a sorcerer nearby. <laughs> this one is so fucking cool. It's called Mannequin Mage. It's a ninth level illusion spell. Takes one action to cast, a range of touch, verbal and verbal, somatic, and material, though it doesn't specify the material. The duration is one hour, and it can only be cast by wizards. However, you touch a target-friendly creature. 
The target gains spell slots equal to a 7th level wizard, which they can use to cast any spell that you have prepared for the duration. Intelligence is the spellcasting ability for these spells, and when the spell ends, the target loses all spell slots granted by it. When did the bard learn fireball and lightning web and... Like ever since the wizard touched him inappropriately. Show <laughs> <laughs> me where the wizard touched you, Brick. <laughs> well, baby. I just the implications of that, of that spell are phenomenal. <laughs> you ever wanted to cast a spell? Let me touch you. <laughs> For one gold, I touch you. And you become magical for an hour. When did wizards become Catholic? <laughs> Moving on. I, I literally was like bugging him to come back on the stream and now I regret all of my life choices. <laughs> the jail is being moved. No! You just warm it up. You were just warming it up for him. No! God <laughs> damn late. it. Too late. You fuck. I'm going to say a really dirty joke now, and I'm not going to be pleased with it because it's going to be forced. Oh, trust me. You'll have plenty of opportunities. Next up, we have Moment of Resolve. It's an abjuration cantrip. It is one bonus action to cast. The range is self, verbal components. It lasts for one round and can only be cast by clerics. You recite a divine verse that steals your mind. Until the end of your next turn, damage cannot break your concentration of a spell. DM. No. Magic. No, fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Hell no. <clears throat> Metal, you'll like this one. <laughs> Pretty close. It's called Provoke Hiccup. It's a first level enchantment. Casting time is one reaction, which you take when you hear a creature within 60 feet of you casting a spell with a verbal component. The range is 30 feet, verbal component as we said. It's an instantaneous duration, can only be cast by bards. You attempt to trip up a target's casting of a spell with a verbal component. This spell fails if the target's spell is 4th level or higher. Otherwise, the target must make a charisma saving throw. On a failed save, they stammer and fail to cast the spell, but its spell slot is not expended. I just love the thought of the big bad evil guy just doing a, like fu some fucking casting <laughs> ritual for like and then just <laughs> alright next up we have quantify it's a divination cantrip and it again it, this seems more of a role play heavy spell Anyhow, so it's a range Which of 30 feet. Huh? Which isn't bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Again, I don't think that I would bring it myself, but I'm also not super nerdy about things like this. Um, it requires verbal and somatic components with, or with a material component of one copper weight, one centimeter long. It's an instantaneous uh, duration. It can be cast by clerics and wizards. You learn about the nature of an object you can see that is entirely within range. As part of casting the spell, you name a physical property and discern its reasonably exact measurement. The spell can't distinguish real objects from illusions or observe magic. For example, this spell can be used to determine the following. 
length in tenths of an inch, weight in hundredths of a pound, temperature in tenths of a degree Fahrenheit, fuck you, metal, three, three most prevalent materials and their amount in tenths of a percent, the center of gravity to the nearest hundredth of an inch, and number of objects in a container. So you could count the shit out of a jelly bean jar. Yeah, Fuck I was really off. about to say, if you have a shop where you need to win money by counting shit, you got that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, it's a cantrip, so it's not meant to be powerful, but it can definitely be... I can see it having some pretty decent uses, all things considered. And can you measure if the bard is lying about the size? Yes. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Uh, We have Share Contingency. It's an 8th level evocation spell. Takes 10 minutes to cast, range of 30 feet, verbal somatic, and requires a statuette of the target carved from ivory and decorated with gems worth at least 1,500 gold pieces. Uh, Also, I probably should have said this before. Those of you that may not know what somatic means, that basically means you have to wiggle your fingers to do things. So if your hands are bound, you couldn't cast this spell. So, uh, target a willing creature within range and give them the material component of this spell. Choose a spell of 5th level or lower that you can cast that has a casting time of 1 action and that can target you. You cast that spell, called the Contingent Spell, as part of casting Share Contingency, expending spell slots for both. But the Contingent Spell doesn't come into effect. Instead, it takes effect on the targeted creature when a certain circumstance occurs. You describe that circumstance when you cast the two spells. The Contingent Spell takes effect immediately after the the circumstance is met for the first time, whether or not you want it to, and then Share Contingency ends. You can only use one Share Contingency spell at a time. If you cast a spell again, the effect of another Share Contingency spell on the target creature ends. Also, Share Contingency ends if the material component is ever not on the target creature's person. You can cast it at higher levels. When you cast a spell using a 9th level spell slot, its duration becomes until dispelled. The other conditions for ending the spell still apply. So basically you can say if a guard captures this person, teleport them away. Oh, I was going to say kill them, but yeah. Or, or, you know, power word kill. Yeah. If they get caught and they get interrogated, just kill them. Just I don't know why, but I just feel like the component of ivory is just kind of like, that's weird. It's weird that they're all animals, and it's weird, like, endangered species, it doesn't matter. Kill it. Well, just because they're endangered here in our world doesn't mean they're not plentiful there. Maybe they're like deer and they have elephant season. What if humans are going extinct? Oh, they are. Who gives a shit? I mean, technically speaking, the humans slash brethren of this uh, module came An from a, a universe that was literally dying. I don't know. I'm hung up on the fact that elephants have 22-month gestation periods, and it takes them, like, nine years to grow a tusk. I'm like, I feel like that's still going to be a precious commodity, even in weird 
D&D world. Well, yeah, but if you think about it, the the money-savvy elephants will just lop off their tusks and then cast regeneration on themselves. Problem solved. I'm not saying, I'm just well, saying. Would ivory have the same kind of um, components, like, magically, if it was done by one of the elephant folk versus one of, like, an actual elephant? Well, technically, there, there different... aren't elephant folk in this one, but... I'm, I'm just saying, for, for future thought processes. It's still ivory. Okay. I mean, I guess, technically, there's nothing stopping you from saying my elephant's tusks are made of candy canes, I guess. I don't know. You can always have like the rhino horns that are dyed now. They're dyed bright pink. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> ethically speaking aside, uh, next up we have Speaking Page. It's a divination cantrip. Takes one action to cast, the range of self. Uh, it only takes somatic components. It is instantaneous and can be cast by bards and wizards. You touch a note book or other composition in a language you can read and a voice you can hear in your mind reads it to you the spell can read through solid matter such as paper or a book's binding but a thin sheet of lead blocks the effect you decide the sound of the voice and where it begins reading from if the composition is a piece of music it plays in your mind in any instrument you choose the effect ends when you stop touching the object so you can basically just sit there and lay your hand on it and go read me a story Story time. <laughs> Story time. Uh, this one is another one that I feel like could have some potential uses, but probably not one that I think that I would take. It is called Sphere of Shadows, and it is an illusion cantrip. Takes one action to cast, range of 30 feet, verbal, somatic, and requires a rag dipped in eye black. It lasts for one minute and can be cast by bards, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. A murky... 10-foot radius sphere appears centered on a point you choose within range. Choose one of the following effects. Uh, suppress color. Objects within the sphere appear in shades of gray for the duration. Or suppress light. Bright light within the sphere becomes dim light, and dim light is suppressed for the duration. The effect ends if you cast a spell again or dismiss it as an action. So, it has potential. I don't really know how you can get anything out of suppressing colors for a while, but meh. Uh, some weird-ass fucking, um, you know, one of those weird jigsaw puzzle games where it's just like, you need to identify the correct color. If you don't identify this color correctly, I win all of your life savings. No, oh, my money! Zeke is in jail because he made a dirty joke. He insulted the Catholics. <laughs> That's right. Why? <laughs> Kayla was asking why Zeke was in jail. Oh. Uh, yeah. Because he's too right. busy being horny. Here's he another... wanted to steal my dice shell and now I'm sad. Bucks. I don't think he wanted to steal it. He just did it. No, he's sneaky like that. So, oh my god. We've got stagecraft. This is another long one. It's an illusion cantrip. <sighs> Stop it. Wake up. It takes one action to cast at a range of 30 feet, verbal and somatic. It lasts for one hour and can only be used by bards. You hum along with the universal symphony for a moment, 
and coax the arcana to aid you in your artistic process. You create one of the following magical effects within range. You cause light to shine from a point you choose within range in a cone up to 20 feet long. You capture an image you see, inscribing it instantly onto a sheet of blank paper in grainy black and white. Text captured this way is not clear enough to read. You capture the sound of yourself playing an instrument, singing, or speaking for up to one minute, or playback a previously captured performance. If you capture a second performance, the previous one is lost. A creature gains advantage on performance checks within range while it plays back. You enchant a mask you touch that can cover a creature's eyes, making its wearer's face unrecognizable with an illusion for one hour. The mask remains visible, and the creature's face appears as an anonymous member of its species. Observers are aware the creature's face is obscured with magic, and if a creature within the spell's range uses its action to examine the illusion, the creature can see through it with a successful investigation check against your spell save DC. If you cast this spell multiple times, you can have up to three of its effects active at a time, and you can dismiss such an, such an effect as an action. So you can basically light, sound, and act in your own play. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I I thought you said that this spell was called Stagecraft. I didn't realize that you meant drop my, uh, hey, check my mixtape. Yeah, basically. There's just no groupies associated with it. You'd need, you would need the staff for that. <laughs> the staff of the undead. They're just like fucking bobbing. Yep. Carrying staff. <laughs> just doing the thriller dance nonstop. <laughs> they can headbang like a motherfucker too <laughs> well not too hard they might dislodge something <laughs> or just sever it <laughs> yeah <laughs> next up bang too hard it just rolls like yeah. a bowling ball heads will roll heads will roll <laughs> yeah. next up we have stroke of good luck it's an abjuration cantrip takes one action to cast the range is touch it is uh, got verbal and somatic components Lasts for one hour. The class that can cast this is Druid and only Druid. You touch the head of a friendly creature whose type is Beast. For the duration, it has advantage on survival checks to find food or shelter, and persuasion checks against... I, hold on. And persuasion checks against at Beasts... I think that against might be another beasts. typo. <laughs> Additionally, the beast has advantage on the next saving throw it makes during the spell's duration. That whole beginning it's... part sounded exactly like a bark. More or less. Stroking something on the head. The whole thing. Yep. Uh, this next one is really dope. It's called Swift Invisibility. <laughs> First level illusion. Takes a bonus action to cast. Range of self. Verbal and somatic. Lasts for one round. Bards, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards can cast this spell. With a flick of the wrist, you become invisible until the start of your next turn. Anything you are wearing or carrying is invisible as long as it is on your person. The spell ends if you attack or cast a spell. I think it's pretty cool. What? what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Next up, we have Where is Varasta? I think this one may have something to do with something in another part of the book. 
Uh, it's a second level divination, one action cast time, range of self, verbal components, and lasts for an hour. It can be cast. Oh Jesus! It can be cast by bards, clerics, druids, paladins, rangers, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. So basically, not barbarians and not fighters. Oh, I guess actually artificers can't cast it either. Uh, so you ask the question aloud, and the Arcana answers with a weary sigh. You sense the direction of the god Verasta's mortal avatar. If Verasta is in motion, you know the direction of his movement. The spell fails if he doesn't wish to be found. I may need to do a bit of a deeper dive to figure out uh, what the hell that's talking about. It's an ever it's an ever going game of where's Waldo. More or less, I'm assuming. That or you know whoever whoever tags Verasta gets a gold coin. I don't know. Not Probably wrong. in here somewhere. Uh, I think this might be the last spell. It's called Whispers of the Netherworld. It's a necromancy cantrip. Um, takes one action to cast, range of self, verbal, somatic, and you need a black candle worth at least five gold pieces, which the spell consumes. It lasts for one minute and can be cast by bards, clerics, druids, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. You light a black candle to listen mentally through the absolute veil for the murmurs of ghosts. Make a DC 11 perception check, and on a success, the GM rolls a D100 in secret and consults the whispers table for what you hear. On a 1 to 15, you hear unintelligible gibbering. 16 to 30, you hear a random string of phrases. 31 to 50, an unhelpful but intelligible message. The bacon is greasy. 51 to 85, a cryptic insight that may be useful. 86 to 99, a helpful message. Or straight up 100, a helpful message from a ghost who can hear and respond to you for the duration. Casting this spell more than twice in the same location risks attracting the attention of a malevolent ghost powerful enough to manifest in the beast world. So, some interesting spells... Damn. Ah, PDF basted. <laughs> eh, eh, cycling through so much stuff. La, 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 la. Oh, too far. Oh, go back. There we go. All right. Uh, so that does it for all of the basic spells. So, last but not least, we have the draconic spells, the dragon magic. There's not a whole lot of these, so we should be able to get through these in no time. Um, but I'm guessing only dragons can cast this stuff. Correct. These are spells granted by choosing some of the sub-choices for the, the dragon race. Uh, first up, we have Bulwark of Scales. It's a third level abjuration spell. Takes one action to cast, range of self, verbal and somatic components. Lasts for ten minutes. For the next ten minutes, any critical hit against you becomes a normal hit. As a reaction to an effect that requires you to make a saving throw, you can treat the d20 roll as a 20. If you do, the spell ends. Next up, we have Discern the Heart's Horde, third level divination. Takes one action to cast, range of self, it's got somatic components, and it lasts for one minute. You peer into the cloister of draconic secrets within the arcana to discern truths about a creature you can see within 60 feet. 
You can mentally ask up to two questions from the following list while looking directly at the creature. The GM offers a truthful reply that might lack context or be unhelpful if the question is unanswerable or uncertain. Some examples are, what is the creature's relationship to those they live with? What is one of the creature's bonds or flaws? What is one of the creature's fears? What is something this creature would not tell a stranger? What is this creature's largest outstanding debt and the name of the debtor? How much money does this creature have in savings? Some really personal shit. I'm sure Mark these are all triggering something fierce right now. <laughs> what? On the last four of your social. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So... Th- this one, <laughs> it's draconic lucubration. I read lubrication. I too. did too. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> this this spell is called draconic lubrication. It's a third level <laughs> evocation spell. Takes one action to cast. Range of touch, verbal and somatic. It's an instant duration. Motes of invisible arcane power split and restitch at your whim. A creature you touch regains two spell slots up to second level. Once you cast this spell, you cannot cast it again for 24 hours. You can cast it at higher levels. If you cast a spell using a spell slot higher than third, the target regains two spell slots of a level one higher than second for each slot you use higher than third. I still think Draconic Lubrication still works. Oh, other (laughs) DM. You're not a dragon. He's not here anymore no no i said other dm not you i know you're still not a dragon that's i'm listening but so far i'm agreeing with the with the current dm poor dragon fuck you (laughs) 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 fucking racism uh next up we have perfect respiration it's third level transmutation takes one action to cast range of self with verbal components and it's also instantaneous when you cast this spell, and then as an action on each of your turns until the spell ends, you can use your breath weapon without expending a use. At the end of each of your turns, make a constitution saving throw with a DC equal to 10 plus 5 times the number of rounds since casting the spell. So a 15 on the second round, 20 on the third round, and so on. On a failed save, or if you use an action to do anything other than use your breath weapon, the effect ends. Hmm. Last, but not least, we have another weird one. It's called Summon Subject. It's a third level conjuration, takes one action to cast with a range of 30 feet, verbal and somatic components. Duration is concentration up to one minute. You call out the name of a dragon with hit dice up to half your level rounded down. The dragon hears your call and knows who is summoning it. If it is willing, it appears in an unoccupied space that you can see within range. If the spell ends before one minute has passed, the target reappears in the space it left or in the nearest unoccupied space if that space is occupied. Otherwise, the target doesn't return. The target can choose to end the spell at any time during its duration. A summoned NPC dragon can can typically use its breath weapon 1d2 times. There is usually a 10% chance a friendly NPC dragon is busy and won't answer your call determined by the GM. Summon Tiamat. What? 
don't summon Tiamat. <laughs> oh, Tiamat. It has to have... Tiamat shows up just to eat you. What, what part about half of your hit dice rounded down do you not understand? I summon Tiamat. It would Tiamat. be an honor. I summon mini Tiamat. <laughs> <laughs> With all of the rage and furiosity of Tiamat, but only a third of the size. TV it's Tiamat. just one head. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, that does it for all of that. Uh, there's some there's some cool shit here. Oh, and yeah, definitely some cool broken spells. stuff, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I liked I liked a lot of those spells. Mm -hmm. The spells were pretty cool. Well, any uh, questions, comments, concerns? Anything you guys want to go back over? That's cool. I mean, like, to be fair, some of them are kind of neat. I'm not sure. Like, some of them seem like very situational spells that make a little bit more sense in this universe more than others. But other than dragon stuff, the dragon stuff just sounds fucking cool. It's fucking dragon spells. You know, I don't know what's making me say this, but I think Zach likes dragons. Really? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Mine, I, mine don't, need more I really evidence. don't know what's making me say that, but it, it's a it's a hunch. I don't know what's making me th say this, but I don't think he likes bunnies. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, Listen here, motherfucker. I will buy a ticket uh, to Canada. Uh, I will uh, buy a ticket to <laughs> fucking candy land. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to just about do it for us for the Delver's Guide to Beast World. Um, Actually, since I do have you guys here... Uh, let me look at the table of contents and you guys can let me know if there's anything else you were interested in here. Wagons. Uh, the wagon is going to have to be a uh, weekend endeavor. Uh, that'll be longer than the normal hour and a half-ish that we usually put aside for Whiskey Wednesdays. Why? Um, well, considering it goes from page 329 to page 378, there's a lot to cover. That's more than five pages. That is a lot more than five pages. At least two more than five. At least. That is some um, maybe three more. That's some number of pages. You guys are making up numbers. <laughs> I didn't know we could count that high. Fuck. <laughs> five T pages. In any case... Uh, with that being said, I think we're probably going to be wrapping up Delver's Guide for now. Most of the other stuff here has to do with the the lore, the regions, and all of that. And I, unless you guys really want to delve into that, buy the book, support the people that are that have made this. They're really cool, fun people to talk to. It's a fantastic book. Uh, but yeah, we will be. At some point, whenever I can finally get my brain to get around to it, we will make a wagon using their rules. And that'll probably be a weekend thing. So as Saturday or Sunday, whenever we finally get around to doing it, we'll just spend most of the day doing that. Wagon! So, hmm? Wagon! Wagon! And we'll probably do some pictograms. Have a fun I'm little, little short stream where everybody says what they want, and I can doodle it up in Photoshop and send them out. So whoever wants to join for that is more than welcome to. But mm. with that being said, I think that's going to wrap us up here for 
our 20th Whiskey Wednesdays. Thank you all so much for joining us. If you haven't already, join the Discord. Links down below in the description or wherever you may be listening to this. We're always open to having more people join us and discuss these fun things. So if you have any recommendations for what we can talk about in a future Whiskey Wednesdays, we have mm-hmm. a special little text chat and the Discord to recommend those. So I'll talk about bitches. I'm going to have to look and see what D&D Beyond's got on that. <laughs> Magic item bitches. <laughs> bitches. In any case, good night. I love you all. Be safe. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you next Friday for the D&D session. But Ooh. until then, good night. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.